Good evening. Sri Lanka says it's open to buying oil from Russia. Biden's migration agreement, gun control rallies across America and the People's Summit. With these and other stories, I'm Paul DiRienzo with the WBAI News for Sunday, June 12, 2022. Sri Lanka's Prime Minister, Ranil Wickremesinghe, says his country may be compelled to buy more oil from Russia as the nation faces shortages amid an unprecedented economic crisis. He said he would first look to other sources, but would be open to getting his crude from Moscow. We need the fuel, and now we are negotiating with uh, private suppliers. It's not that we go and buy anything. It's the private suppliers who give us oil, and we buy it from them. So part of it, the issue here is that there's a lot of oil going around, uh, which is which can be sourced back informally to Iran or to Russia. So sometimes you may not know what oil you are buying. But we, we are looking at other sources of uh, oil, fuel, that are traditional sources from the Middle East. I mean, it seems like you still need more fuel, so would you consider... We will, yes. If we can get from any other sources, we'll get from there. Otherwise, they may have to go to Russia again. We've been talking with uh, China. Uh, Chinese have their own... Uh, system of how they give relief. But China has agreed to come in with the other countries to give relief to Sri Lanka, which is the first step, which means that they all have to agree uh, how the cuts are to take place and what manner. And that's Prime Minister of Sri Lanka. Sri Lanka has been criticized for relying on numerous loans from China. The country is in the midst of its worst financial crisis in seven decades and severely strapped for dollars to pay for critical imports, including food, fuel and medicine. Long lines, sometimes miles long, are a common sight near petrol stations across the country. We call petrol gasoline here, which has also been hit by rolling power cuts. Russia is offering its crude at a steep discount, making it extremely enticing to a number of countries. And the Russian Defense Ministry says forces fired caliber cruise missiles to destroy a large depot with American and European weapons in Ukraine, adding Russian forces have also shot down three Ukrainian Su-25 fighter jets near Donetsk and Kharkiv in eastern Ukraine. The fighting comes as Ukraine announces establishing two routes through Poland and Romania to export grain and avert a global food crisis. Ukraine is the world's fourth largest grain exporter and says there are some 30 million tons of grain stored in Ukrainian-held territory. It's trying to export via road, river, and rail. Moscow, which calls the war a special military operation, denies and denies hitting civilian and agricultural targets, blames Western sanctions on Russia. Uh, on uh, blames Western, pardon me, blames the Western sanctions on um, uh, sea mines and sea mines set up by Ukraine for the drop in food exports and rising global prices. Russia's foreign minister, Sergei Lavrov, said that as much during a press conference in Ankara, Turkey. What we are trying to do is to um, give the minimum amount of damage to uh, civilians. The food crisis, the food security crisis is not actually stemming from uh, this war. We cannot say that this situation will cause a food crisis. Of course, if anyone tries to understand, really comprehend what we are trying to say, they can, definitely. We are constantly opening up humanitarian 
corridors for the safe passage of people. This is a long corridor, so everyone and every ship, every vessel uh, wishing to use these passageways and corridors can actually transfer load and they can act whatever way they please. The Russian Federation is not creating any obstacle for the passage of ships or uh, vessels. We are not preventing anything. And that's the Russian Foreign Minister, Sergei Lavrov. He was speaking at a conference being held in Singapore. The war in Ukraine dominated the proceedings at that Singapore meeting, the Shangri-La Dialogue. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky also addressed the delegates via video link on Saturday, telling them their nation's support was crucial, not just to defeat the Russian invasion, but to preserve the rule-based order. And three months after McDonald's suspended operations in Russia, hundreds of people streamed into its famous former outlet on Moscow's Pushkin Square as a restaurant reopened Sunday under a Russian owner and a new name. In March, McDonald's halted operations of its company-run restaurants in Russia, although some run by franchisees stay open. The action by the multinational fast food chain was among the most visible responses by foreign companies to Russia sending troops into Ukraine. Two months later, McDonald's decided to leave Russia altogether and sold its 850 restaurants to Alexander Govor, who held licenses for 25 franchises in Siberia. Govar is moving fast to reopen the shuttered outlets. It wasn't until a couple of hours before the Pushkin Square restaurant opened, the Russian chain's new name was announced, Tasty Period, Kuzno i Takcha. Uh, the logo is different, but still evokes the golden arches, a circle and two yellow oblongs representing a beef patty and French fries figured into a stylized M. Fifteen of the former McDonald's were set to reopen in Moscow yesterday, or actually today. Oleg Parov, the change general director, said he aims to have 200 open by the end of the month. And at the conclusion of the U.S.-sponsored summit of the Americas in Los Angeles, President Biden and leaders of Latin American countries that attended signed a new agreement on Friday to confront the consequences of mass migration, making specific numerical pledges to allow more people fleeing political and economic strife to cross their borders. The agreement, called the Los Angeles Declaration on Migration and Protection, commits the United States to taking 20,000 refugees from Latin America during the next two years, a threefold increase, according to White House officials. Biden made the announcement flanked by the Latin American nations that attended. The leaders on this stage are joining together to make what and is it's an overused phrase in international relations and public life to make a historic commitment because it is a historic commitment we're about to make. 20 countries coming together to launch the Los Angeles Declaration on Migration and Protection. With this declaration, we're transforming our approach to managing migration in the Americas. Each of us, each of us is signing up to commitments that recognizes the challenges we all share and the responsibility that impacts on all of our nations. And that uh, that will take all of our nations, and this is I've learned by significant experience can take all of our nations working together in partnership to address this migration issue. And in addition to securing our border and bringing order to the asylum processing in the United States, the Department of Homeland Security is leading the first of its kind campaign to disrupt human smuggling in the region. If you prey on desperate and vulnerable migrants for profit, we are coming for you. We are coming after you. This is just a start. 
There's much more work remains to state the obvious. Every country needs to work together to maintain a humane and orderly immigration process, to invest in securing the borders, screening and registering migrants who enter their countries, and repatriating those who do not qualify to remain. I hope more countries will see the potential for joining the Los Angeles Declaration. And I want to thank all of my fellow leaders on this stage for committing to this historic new vision for our region. President Biden, in return for the pledges by the Biden administration, other countries agreed in the document to step up their efforts to allow the entry of migrants before they reach the United States. We'll have more on the Summit of the Americas and its alternative People's Summit for Democracy later in the newscast. You're listening to the news on WBAI New York. I'm Paul DiRienzo. Senate bargainers today announced the framework of a bipartisan response to last month's mass shootings, a noteworthy but limited breakthrough offering modest gun curbs and stepped up efforts to improve school safety and mental health programs. The proposal falls far short of tougher steps long sought by President Joe Biden and many Democrats. Even so, the accord was embraced by Biden and enactment would signal a significant turnabout after years of gun massacres that have yielded little but stalemate in Congress. Biden said in a statement that the frame work does not do everything that I think is needed, but it reflects important steps in the right direction and would be the most significant gun safety legislation to pass Congress in decades. Given the bipartisan support, he said there are no excuses for delay and no reasons why it should not quickly move through the Senate and the House. Meanwhile, thousands of people rallied on the National Mall and across the United States yesterday in a renewed push for those gun control measures after recent deadly shootings from Ovalde, Texas to Buffalo, New York, that activists say should compel Congress to act. Enough is enough, District of Columbia Mayor Muriel Bowser told the second March for Our Lives rally in her city. Enough is enough. I speak as a mayor, a mom. And I speak for millions of Americans and America's mayors who are demanding that Congress do its job. And its job is to protect us, to protect our children from gun violence. Speaker after speaker in Washington called on senators who are seen as a major impediment to legislation to act or face being voted out of office, especially given the shock to the nation's conscience after 19 children and two teachers were killed May 24th at Robb Elementary School in Uvalde. Several attendees at the nation's capital explained why they came. I'm here at the March for Our Lives um, to fight gun violence because, I mean, we've been seeing gun violence issues in America for such a long time. And especially now we've seen such a rise in these mass shootings and it's just unacceptable. We really need to come together and march for our lives. I mean, there's always a chance of it's always, everyone's in fear now. Um, and I think that we really need to fight for common sense gun legislation and fight for I mean, the people in office need to do something. They need to listen to us, and that's why we're here today. And I'm here because I am. my cousin was killed by gun violence this year, um, just going on two months. And I'm here because this keeps happening over and over. Innocent people keep getting killed, and we need to pass legislation. Um, I'm from South Carolina, so I traveled a long way to be here. And I just believe that we need to have some type of legislation in place and that our people in Capitol Hill, they need to listen to us and finally do something about this. 
And that was some of the speakers and witnesses at today's rally, uh, yesterday's rally in Washington, D.C. David Hogg, a survivor of the 2018 shooting that killed 17 students and staff at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland, Florida, also spoke. If our government can't do anything to stop 19 kids from being killed and slaughtered in their own school and decapitated, it's time to change who is in it. Manuel Oliver, whose son Joaquin was killed in the Parkland shooting, called on students to avoid going back to school until elected leaders stop avoiding the crisis of gun violence. If lawmakers who have the power to keep us safe from gun violence are going to avoid taking action that will save our lives, then young people across this country, everyone who can hear my voice, should also avoid. Avoid attending school if your leaders fail to do their job and keep us safe from gun violence. Manuel Oliver, whose uh, son was killed at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland, Florida. Yolanda King, granddaughter of Martin Luther King Jr., said this time is different because it isn't about politics. It's about morality. Because we've had enough. We've had enough of having more guns than people here in America. We've had enough of kids being afraid to go to school, grown-ups being afraid to go to grocery stores, and families who look like my family being afraid to go to their houses of worship. This time is different because this isn't about politics. It's about morality. Not right and left, but right and wrong. And that doesn't just mean thoughts and prayers. That means courage and action. Yolanda King, the granddaughter of Martin Luther King Jr. The U.S. House has passed bills to raise the age limit to buy semi-automatic weapons and establish federal red flag laws. A bipartisan group of senators had hoped to reach agreement this week on a framework for addressing the issue. And uh, I guess they have, as, uh, as the news has reported today. We're yet to see the details on that. So hopefully we'll see them by tomorrow and report on that on tomorrow's edition of the WBAI News. In New York City, thousands also participated in a March for Our Lives rally yesterday. Attorney General Letitia James had this to say. Marching for Parkland, Columbine, and all of the individuals who were pulverized, their bodies strong with bullets all across America. Only in America were basic tasks, basic activities result in bloodshed and destruction. It's time that we act. And every movement throughout this country has not been led by cowardly politicians. It's been led by young people. And that's why I'm marching with young people to save their lives. It's time, again, the GOP... Do something. Enough analysis. We've analyzed it to the point of paralysis. America demands action. New York State Attorney General Letitia James. And back to the story of the Summit for the Americas and the Alternate People's Summit that was held on Friday and Saturday in Los Angeles. As President Biden met with those Latin American leaders with which he um, hammered out his migration agreement, many others uh, had boycotted the events in Los Angeles because of the U.S. uh, guestless snub of Cuba, Nicaragua and Venezuela. Mexico, probably the most uh, notable of those countries that did snub the event. All U.S. opponents, that's Cuba, Nicaragua, and Venezuela, are all been opponents of the U.S. or U.S. policy in the region at one time or another in their history. Hundreds of activists and supporters of the snubbed countries 
held their own People's Summit for Democracy. At that People's Summit, which was held over two days, a longtime activist, Cornell West. The precious and priceless ones that friends for now call Retro Deputy Earth, who run the world but do not yet rule the world. And we hear rules, my names have been power based on vision and analysis, but most importantly, based on courage. All of you all who've come together to create this counter voice against the lies that hide the crimes of Biden and company just across the street. And we're living in what I would call a Malcolm X moment. The chickens are coming home to Seven-year war against indigenous peoples and don't think sooner or later you're going to have to come to terms with that kind of injustice. So it is. 2022, you can no longer deny the lies. Thank God for Julian Assange and all of those who Cornell West speaking at the People's Summit for Democracy. Mexico's President Lopez Obrador had refused an invitation by the U.S. government to attend the official summit. That started an avalanche of other countries who followed suit. Code Pink organizer and WBAI host Medea Benjamin was at the rally, and she says protesters hope to restart an international movement opposed to U.S. imperialism. There's the summit that Biden convened, which we call the Summit of Exclusion. Not only did he refuse to invite Venezuela, Cuba, and Nicaragua, but then this cascading boycott started by the Mexican president, AMLO, turned into something that spread throughout the continent, including in the Caribbean, and became the subject of conversation. So no matter what Biden was trying to accomplish with this summit, what it really accomplished is to show to the whole continent that the U.S. is no longer able to snap its fingers and the subjects are going to respond, but that people are much more interested in dignity, sovereignty, mutual respect. And if all of the Americas is not invited, then it's going to be a flop, which it is. Of the... uh Events that have occurred so far at the People's Summit, which uh, has caught your eye? Which was the most interesting to you? Well, the People's Summit has been incredibly energizing. It's full of young people. It's incredibly diverse. People coming from all over except places where they couldn't get visas, like there were 25 Cubans who were invited and couldn't get visas, and others from other countries. It's a very, very dynamic grouping and there have been panels and discussions that deal with everything from domestic issues there's one going on right now about worker organizing and they're talking about things like organizing in the gig economy just had a rousing speech by cornell west we've had great discussions about the issues of sovereignty pan-africanism there have been side panels going on constantly with people from the region right now there's three women from venezuela who are coming and giving a very refreshing discussion about the efforts of their organizations in Venezuela and how the sanctions are affecting them. Is there anything that is going to be a final outcome of this summit, the People's Summit? 
There was a good protest this morning of a couple of hundred young people outside the convention center with a focus on Cuba and lifting the embargo. What will be the consequences of this summit is the rebirth of something like the World Social Forum, where we did have a chance in past years for progressives from around the world to come together. This, to me, feels like the beginning of that kind of gathering. How was the policing? Because I did see a video of a woman being sort of struck and thrown down on the ground. Well, that was a very, very brutal takedown of that woman. It was just painful. It's sadly ironic that here they are talking about democracy and there's a peaceful protester tackled to the ground and probably really hurt. In terms of police presence, they're all over. There's ridiculous amount of fences set up and gates keeping people very far away from the convention center. We're supposed to have the right to be within sight, sound of the places where they're having these meetings. We're not allowed to do that. It's uh, ironic that here where Biden is so much focused on we are the democratic countries, you have this lack of rights to protest here. Of course, some of the countries that he invited, like Colombia, El Salvador, Brazil, protesters are constantly killed, disappeared, shot in the eyes like in Colombia. I wouldn't call this a summit of democratic countries. Exactly. My last question, you answered it for me. Very good. Anything like that? <laughs> We're in a new space right now. China is the number one trading partner for most of the countries in Latin America right now. People are looking to a country that's thousands of miles away from the continent and saying, maybe we get a better deal from the Chinese than we do from the Americans because they don't try to impose their politics on us. Our marching orders from here work with Latin America to get rid of the organization of American states, work with our brothers and sisters throughout the continent as they strengthen their ties among themselves so they can deal with the United States on equal footing. Code Pink organizer and WBAA host. Medea Benjamin. One of the speakers at the two-day conference was veteran Puerto Rico independence activist Oscar Lopez Rivera, who was the longest jailed member of the FALN Armed Independence Group. He had this to say. People is a place that the United States government chose to colonize. And ever since then, the United States government has tried to destroy Puerto Rico. The person, the person who defined who we were said the following. Puerto Rico, Puerto Ricans are a mongrel race. That we were incapable of self-government. That we were incapable of developing anything worthwhile. And we can go forward. We can show them. We can show them. And I'm hoping that we will be able to show them that we will not be defeated, that they cannot defeat us, that they cannot erase us from this planet, that Puerto Rico will be an independent and sovereign nation. Viva Puerto Rico Libre! Puerto Rico independence activist Oscar Lopez Rivera, he spent 36 years in federal custody. 
And in related news, Mayor Eric Adams and other local political politicians were among the crowds who marched today in New York's iconic Puerto Rican Day Parade as the boisterous spectacle returned in full-scale fashion for its 65th year after a two-year COVID hiatus. Thousands of revelers decked out in Puerto Rican colors braved the rainy weather to start at 5th Avenue and 43rd Street about 11 a.m. and walk north to 79th Street. At an event prior to the parade that was held at Gracie Mansion, Mayor Adams thanked the Puerto Rican community for its support and singled out a Lower East Side council person and her mother. And this is the daughter of Kalina Rivera. And so on behalf of all of us, we want to say happy birthday to you you. because mothers like you paved the way and made it possible. You know, (laughs) happy birthday to you. you. (laughs) And I want to bring up your daughter, Councilwoman Rivera. party we, we we work hard but we like to party too so i will just tell you my name is carlina rivera i'm a proud proud puerto rican woman i represent lois saida i am so excited to be here with my family and what there we go and what he didn't mention is that my mother has given 41 years of service to the nypd the work that she has done and mom I just hope I'm making you proud you are baby so I just want to tell you all as Latinos we have to blaze our own trail determine our own destiny and we have to support each other it is up to us we can make or break elections we can raise money we can start our own businesses and we can make sure that our government is held accountable to make sure we have good schools education health care good food programs, that transit is available and accessible. And I'll be working every day to do that for you all and to make sure that you know that this Latina will always be representing. So with that, on Friday, Mayor Adams raised the Puerto Rican flag at Bowling Green Park in downtown Manhattan to celebrate the return of the full-fledged in-person event. And that's some of the news for Sunday, June 12, 2022. The news is produced with Linda Perry. Our engineer is Max Schmid from New York City. I'm Paul DiRienzo. Thanks for listening. are here to take your calls this is a new a new thing we're going to be pretty much regularly uh my my last understanding and uh, and uh, i'm looking forward to it is that we'll be taking calls from 6 30 to 7 immediately following the sunday news from you the listeners sort of like our news talk back segment 
And uh, we've we've discovered in the past that it, it really helps us develop the news to hear what the listeners to our news are thinking, what they think of the newscast and what they think of the stories we should be covering. And, um, you know, we're always open to hear what you have to say, because uh, WBAI is always something of a collaborative effort between programmers and uh, the people who are on our boards and the listeners. It, it's a mass. It's a mass uh, co cooperation you know it's a coalition of folks and so uh you're the listener probably a primary part of the whole thing because we couldn't be we wouldn't be doing it if it wasn't for you who have been so loyal and listening for so long and those who of course hopefully discover our station and come uh and join us uh every day so um two one two two zero nine i'm gonna say the wrong number i'm gonna send them to to get money uh max what's the right number before i send them to the money number Two one two two zero nine two eight seven seven two eight seven seven. Please, and the other number two eight five zero. That's if you want to donate money, which is of course uh, we're always up for that. We need your support to keep the station going. But um, if you have any uh, comments about the news that we did up till now, uh, any insights, any tips, maybe even. Um, or uh, just uh, general comments about uh, the momentous events just in the last you know few days or weeks. I mean, we've seen some momentous events. I I, I guess the, the the event that most sticks in mind are the uh, newer new revelations, and there are new revelations coming every time we hear these hearings um, from the January sixth committee. And of course, uh, tomorrow at ten a.m. Uh, the, the next installment of those hearings are beginning, and I'll be definitely as a news person and just as a as an American citizen, you know, born here and and naturalized, whether I like it or not, um, and I do like it. Uh, we are going to uh, be interested, of course, in what's going on. I mean, was there a coup? I mean, it seems to be the implication of the hearings that we heard. Last week was that President Trump is going to be fingered as not just a person who could have done more and didn't do enough or was out of touch or it happened despite him. But in fact, according to Liz Cheney and others, was at the very center of the first organized coup against the government, the elected government of the United States. And that I think today I heard on one of the programs um, a former investigator, a Republican investigator, comparing former President Trump's relationship with these right-wing white supremacist groups like the Proud Boys and the um, Oath Keepers as similar to the Iranian Ayatollah's relationship with the Republican Guard, which is like their special forces. I guess if you know ancient history, you might think of the Praetorian Guard that surrounded the uh, emperors of uh, of Rome. And of course, then I wouldn't want to be Caligula, who was uh, dispatched by his own guards after he was um, became the mad emperor and uh, started doing crazy things and they needed to get him out of the picture. His own guards uh, arranged his dispatch, but uh, I don't know if I would trust my Praetorian guard under every condition, but uh, or if I was a Praetorian guard, would I trust the great leader? Because folks who are interested in European history might have heard the story of the um, uh, the uh, 
night of the long knives, as it was called, when Hitler had his own brown shirt supporters um, uh, dispatched in order to uh, establish or to in, in cement his control over Germany in 1933. So um, it's amazing that America is falling into this kind of politics. I never thought I'd see it in my life. We have some callers on the line. That said, you're on the air, caller. Go right ahead. Hello. Go ahead. You're on the air. Hi. It's Rose from New Jersey. Hi, Rose. I uh, unfortunately didn't catch all the news this evening, but it sounded high quality as usual. I Thank have a, a question. If anybody would like to get a hold of Letitia James and ask her to check in to see if Donald Trump had actually used his business funds mm-hmm. to... Put that ad. Was it the, the New York Post or the Daily News uh, on the the Central Park, uh, Park Five? The oh, boys right. who never oh, murdered. Yes, back then, those horrific yes, advertisements. Yeah, and could you remind is, people it, about that ad? I'm blind. I, I don't have a paper. Oh no, uh, no. Remind gonna, people what it said, just uh, from from your memory. Okay, from my from my. Well, I never saw it because I've been blind for about 20 years now. In essence, in essence. Um, he simply he said they should be hanged. Now, did he Executed. do this as a as a public citizen with his own money, or did he take it off of his business expenses? Right. Now, it's interesting that out. he's now uh, that that is uh, that he uh, Liz Cheney at the hearings uh, said that we're going to hear more about how he supported the concept of uh, the people chanting "Hang Mike Pence" out in the uh, oh, yeah, 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 uh, inside yeah, the yeah, Capitol. Yeah. That he not only just n- didn't just like say nothing against it, but was actually um, uh, goading. Yeah, he was goading it on. Chanting. Yeah. yeah. Well, the other thing too is that um, one of the other things that really bothers me is when this virus. I heard first heard it on the. Uh, night after Christmas back in 19 that this thing was coming up, and I did hear on the station at some point there was a young man from from Washington State who was starting to do statistics at that time. But, of course, it was a hoax. Hmm. Well, listen, he went let, to me, the let me move on. We have a lot of calls, and, and, and right. uh, I want to go into all of this stuff. Uh, well, later on, maybe I'll be back in late night, and we could spend a lot of time on different calls. Tonight, but so, on let tonight? Me, let me, Are you let doing me move tonight? On. Tonight? Uh, not tonight, I wish, but maybe in the it future. Would, We'll keep what, it going. What, what, All right. What, thank you very much. The, okay. Thank you very much. You know, it's interesting because uh, if you uh, miss the news, you can go to the archives page, wbai.org slash archive or archives. You can see it's uh, right on the homepage, the link to it. Or you can go to my site, pauldirienzo.com, D-E-R-I-E-N-C-O, where I try and get it up as fast as possible. So next caller, you're on the radio. Thank you. Hey, Paul. Brandon hey. here. Who? I miss that. Brandon from Long Island. Hi, Brandon from Long Island. How you doing? Great. Uh, two two items, and Paul, thanks for uh, making this time available to uh, regular listeners. My family has been tuning in for about 40 years and given, oh. not to pat us on the back, but because of a return on investment with WBAI, over thousands of dollars. But n- not Thank because you. of that, you'd be Thank listening you. to what I uh, asked. One, one thing I wonder, as an attorney here, uh, I thought that a president can only be impeached for, you know, the, you know, treason, treason, bribery, high crimes and misdemeanor. And I didn't think that after the fact you can actually criminally prosecute was not most of the things that Donald Trump is accused of uh, occurring during his presidency. And, and, And is it, you know, maybe we should look into 
mm-hmm. really possible to, at this point, uh, criminally charge him and bring him up. Right. Very good. And, I, you know, if you uh, listen to uh, Thursday's news, which you can get either on our archives page or uh, again at PaulDiRienzo.com. I have that up, actually. You can hear an interview that uh, we did on the Watergate. Uh, you right. know, this is the 50th anniversary of Watergate on June 17th that uh, it actually uh, one of the uh, uh, one of the legal precedents set by Watergate was that the president can, in fact, be impeached for the cumulative effect of his actions, right, but, even but if they are themselves because now we're not criminal. Now we're trying to criminally prosecute them after the fact. Is yes. that not a little bit different? OK, that's that's still they up can, in the air. We'll find because out. Now, a special be case because of the power that the president holds. Well, I understand so about he can use I like, mean, he it, can use legal means to create right. something that is considered illegal. Okay, but I'm just saying that it's now post presidency, and uh, what's the value? I didn't think you could be criminally charged, and this is what I thought Congress. Yeah, was well, I'm going to leave that to the lawyers. Thank you very much. Let me go on to the next call. I'm going to have to leave that to the lawyers, so I'm not not a lawyer. I just know what people say and I hear, and that interests me. Uh, and next caller. Joining us on the radio. Thank you very much, and you're on the air. Hello, is it me? Yes, you're on. Where are you calling from? Your name and calling. Hi, I'm Susan from Queens, New York. I want you to know that Paul, WBAI, is New York City. When Hmm. Lou Hill discovered and founded WBIA, he did this for the people, for human rights, for civil rights. What is going on right now is crimes against humanity. I don't know how on earth these wars continue, how anyone cannot see that revolution is the only way out at this point. When Gil Scott Heron sung about revolution, he was right on the mark. Without WBAI, there is no Very New York City. I like you the fact the that truth. you're so out there, and and what what has brought you to uh, to uh, feel that a revolution is the only way out for this country? Because I am parents of civil rights leaders who watched marched in Selma, Alabama, with Dr. Martin Luther King. I'm an anti-war veteran, a daughter of anti-war veterans. I'm a Holocaust survivor. I'm a victim of severe domestic violence, living with a Nazi abuser. Mm. I've been tortured all my life. I'm 62 years old. I'm fighting to save my life. Now they're taking away, they're saying I have to choose medicine over food now. They are destroying the poor people of America, and they're doing it systematically, on purpose, knowing they're doing it, and laughing in front of our faces. Very good. This is seriously a time. I I appreciate that. That is quite a litany of reasons for a revolution. Didn't Thomas Jefferson say that, uh, you know, this country needed a revolution on occasion? To keep to its uh, to keep to its uh, ideals as they were expressed, although of course those ideals included slavery and persecution of Native Americans. We have more calls on the line. Uh, we'll take I'm them in order. I don't, uh, I don't care who it is. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. We're going to go on to the next call. Thanks. Next call. You're on the air. We're going to take you on as you as you call. We take you on. We don't. I don't keep anybody. Nobody is chosen or not chosen here. We take them as they come. You're on the radio. 
well, as one of the chosen, Paul, it's Russell. Hey, yes. Paul, I'd like to ask you, do you hear them yelling, whose streets, our streets, down on January 6th? Did you hear that? No, I did not. Yeah, I heard him yelling, whose streets, our streets. And and when you say hang Mike Pence, that was a doll's house version of a gallows, right? You knew, you know that. It wasn't a real <laughs> it gallows. It still was. It's the uh, many people have fired for their jobs for drawing cartoons of a noose on their okay. jobs as they oh, should have been. You know, yeah, it's so not a joke to a lot of people. I figured you knew. It's just disingenuous to say they were actually going to hang him. It's now, considered creating a hostile to... environment, and I think it was a very hostile environment towards the vice president, who is not a person I admire. At all, hey, except Paul, now I do admire him more than I ever did before. Paul, can I? This is a collaborative thing. Can I just speak real quick? What yes. did you learn that you didn't know before from the, these hearings? Okay, and uh, what nefarious plot did oh. Trump supporters have to, to other than to? Can I finish? I'll let you answer because you don't have a real lot finish? of time. I, I, I'm going to answer AK, the central point. Oh, I'm there. real quick. I'm real quick. And Harry DiRienzo, is he your father? No, I have no relation to him. I have no idea. I, I, he's right. in the. Uh, um, okay. In the housing movement, right years ago. I, right, I thought he was related. Yeah, to you. No, no, no. There's a lot of people with that last name. It's not an uncommon was, last name. It's, my last name is not uncommon. Than, it's I like, know what? Not well, super common, but it's not totally uncommon. Paul, other than 1877 Electoral College Act, what was the nefarious plot that Trump supporters okay. had that day? Thank Can you I answer? very much. Can you not give me a chance to answer? Let me answer. Uh, because what they would live with, Liz Cheney said at the center of it was that the president was the center of a conspiracy to uh, launch a coup to seize power. I mean, come on. That's what made this an unusual, and that's why there's so much attention on it. Next call, you're on the air. We don't have a real lot of time, so I like to move along. You're on the radio. Thank you for this show. It's really great. You mentioned Flo Kennedy a while ago. Oh, I, yeah, Flo. I know Flo. I knew Flo. I, 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 I know. Just... Flo was my mentor. I was speaking oh, really? on Mother's Day when uh -huh. Lady Bird Johnson got the Mother of the Year Award. I was nine yeah. months pregnant, and Flo invited me up to his suite, which was Billy Holidays. But I'm so tired of these, I don't want to curse, politicians. What do we need? Any guns that blow people away? Why do you have to make deals over 18 when you're 18 in a day? You can go blow people away? When, when they have these hearings and they find Trump did it, is Biden going to punish him? They get somebody like um, Julian Assange who tells the truth and they, they want to put him in jail for 175 years? And you have all these phony people just making money on war and killing and and saying nice things and like if you had a meeting I, I run a shelter for battered women I started my home you have people that don't get along or, or you have batters you don't have a meeting and exclude the people that you don't get along with you try to find a way to make peace or are you trying to make money uh, I think the emphasis on the make money the, the latter yeah. rather than the former uh, I think that uh, that's what's uh, that's the button I Pardon me? I said human needs, not corporate greed. Thank you very much for that. Thank Appreciate you, Claire, for what you do and best Flo. I wish Thank she was you. here kicking out. Oh yeah, I love Flo. She was great. I remember when I first met her, I said, How are you doing? And she looked at me and she said, I'm dying. Of course she lived many years after that. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> I know, I know. And she used to call the Pentagon Pentagonaria. <laughs> I have a whole uh, thing of her quotes. I use it in my class. We love Flo Kennedy. Yeah. All right. Thank you very much, caller. Thank you. All right. And uh, the next caller, you're on the radio. Hi, is this me? Yes, that's you. Where are you calling from? Hey. Your name and where are you calling from? This is Ben from Brooklyn. Hi, Ben from Brooklyn. Questions or comments? 
Sure, I just want to make a comment, you know, and, it, and it's quick. I've heard various shows on, on BAI talking about um, Cuba and Nicaragua and Venezuela, and it's important to know things are more gray than, than, than often than black and white. I listen to WBAI. I listen to Ralph Pointer's show. Um, but the truth is that the, the, the current president of Nicaragua is a, a real dirtbag, has been raping his daughter since she was 11. Right. Um, They've been telling that story, but I really want to stay away from those kind of stories because they're too easy to say. Uh, I would be interested maybe in doing an interview with his daughter or maybe even playing parts of an interview where she says it herself. I don't want to repeat it if it's like okay. taken secondhand or something like that because that's right. a you very know, that, serious that's... allegation and lots of allegations like that are being thrown around. And uh, as we saw with the um, – the recent trial, uh, the recent battle between Amber Heard and Johnny Depp, uh, where all these kind of allegations can lead to. I, I would, if people can get it into a court of law and, and adjudicate it with lawyers and everything, and we can see the evidence, I'd probably be more apt to uh, okay. to accept well, such a thing. But that, you know, that, that's fair. That's fair. But what about what about all the stories and not just one story? Okay, forget yeah. the point I just brought up. Right, right. Well, all there's the a people, lot. I mean, I don't know. I'm not a big supporter of him either. I mean, I, I was in Nicaragua back in 1986, and I was impressed by the changes and the things that have happened there. And I've talked to people who say that there's still good things happening. And and I've seen what U.S. Uh, you know, they had the guy in uh, Guatemala, Rios Montt, who killed over 100,000 people, and he was a Reagan darling. And you had the Contra War, and you had the war in El Salvador and the brutality that, uh, you know, that happened in El Salvador with the U.S.-backed government and the 14 families there. I always say when people say, well, Castro was a dictator, or this guy was a dictator, what are you, what we, should we go back to uh, – uh, to the guy before him? I mean, should we go back to Bautista? Why do you think they had a revolution against Castro and brought in Castro to power? Because they had uh, decades and decades of a bum like Bautista, but nobody ever wants to talk about that. Anyway, well, what, thank you very much what, for that. I um, appreciate it. It's just my opinion. That... Uh, 212-209-2877. We're taking your calls. We just have a few minutes, five or six minutes to take calls here on WBAI. I'm Paul DiRienzo. This is the WBAI News. Again, 212-209-2877. Seven. Uh, we have somebody on the line. Bring them on. We do not. We do not. Okay. Well, we do not. So if you, this is your five, six minutes left to have something to say to the news, to talk back to the WBAI news. How many news programs in New York, much less the United States, have dedicated times, as we're going to have every Sunday at uh, 6.30 to 7 o'clock, to take your time, to take your um uh, your calls to, to have the opinion of the listeners to the program, what you think about it. That's very rare. I mean, you never really hear about it. Um, so, again, our number is 212-209-2877. I want to go back to this whole thing that happened um, in uh, the, the hearings, uh, January 6th hearings, which are uh, continuing tomorrow at 10 a.m. So I hope if you're near a radio or tv i mean you can hear radio if you're near radio you can hear it i i i assume on wbai i'm not sure what the plans are uh but uh hopefully you can hear it on wbai uh, uh at some in some way or another I mean, maybe if we have a stream of it or something separate uh pacifica or what have you um or you can you know there's other sources as well but i don't want to direct you to any other source but this source wbai the most important source of all for information in new york city metropolitan area and with the ad rise of the internet people are listening to wbai all over the country and around the world so uh, we are a super station not just a station but wbai super station or calls on the line all on the line so you are on the radio thanks for joining us on wbai what's your name where are you calling from yeah 
this is Jimmy from Greenpoint. Hi, Jimmy from Greenpoint. What's up? I say Trump in 2024. Uh, God bless him. I hope he wins because we're tired of this inflation. We're tired of oil prices going up, and we're tired of these food prices, and the Democrats are not doing nothing, and I'm a registered Democrat for the last 50 years. Mm-hmm. Well, do you remember the inflation? Because I do. The uh, the stagflation that happened under Jimmy Carter? Yes, I do. And he was a Democrat. All the Why Democrats do you think there's so much inflation uh, seems to focus on the find the liberal Democrats? Yes, they Rather, do. And I'm, I'm sick and tired of these Democrats. Look at the average Why? Why do you think that? Why do you think? Crime is rampant. Come on. Deal with the reality here. Crime is rampant. No, but why? Why do you think? Because well, I'm asking you, the, why do you think because it, it, these blacks and Hispanics are rather controlled? Oh, okay, please, we're going to move on to the next. Yeah, I can't really have too much on. of that kind of hatred on. All right, let's go to the next call. You're hey, on the radio. How you doing? How you doing? All where right, are you calling Eric from? Your name and where are you calling black. from? I'm calling from Manhattan. Eric Corbett's Black on YouTube. What's that? Say that again. Eric Corbett's Black on YouTube. Okay. And you know, so I, I was very, very question sick or a month ago. Huh? Question or comment? Uh, my comment oh, is you're, you're listening to your uh, radio, please, I think. Please turn down your radio. No, I, 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 I got no short radio delay. on. Go ahead. Eric Corbett's Black. So? YouTube. So it's a badass song. I did it before I had a heart attack. I'm alive. I'm out of the hospital now, and I just wanted to give it a plug. All right, great. Any any other comments? Uh, news? Yes, I'm very pleased to put your station on and hear your voice and you talking about what you think reality is because you make a lot of sense. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. It's it's a great. I appreciate to me, you, sir. I couldn't say anything more uh, more appreciative. I really enjoy that. Thank you. All I've ever wanted to be is make sense <laughs> to somebody. Please. Thank you so much. And uh, I don't know. we got two minutes left. Any more calls? Yeah. Two more. All right. Take them on. We don't have a lot of time. Hello, Paul. Yes. Yeah, hi. Uh, any chance you can uh, – BAI would have the Jimmy Dore show back on? I used to enjoy you that. Have to, I that I am out of my realm. You have to check with the uh, with the management there. All right. Well, I'm, like I'm sorry, I can't really help you on that. Very interesting opinions and some uh, mm-hmm. really good uh, journalists on. Mm-hmm. And uh, okay. that turned out to be a better news show than uh, Amy Goodman at this point. I appreciate the, I appreciate your support. I can Thank tell you, you why. Put a lot of work into it. I can tell Excellent. you why it's no longer on because it's a, basically his podcast full of foul language, and he didn't have anyone to edit it for radio broadcast, and that. That's where okay, it stood. Uh huh. It's okay, difficult to go to the radio broadcast, right? You have to do a different type of show than the internet. Oh, it is true. I watch my mouth, boy, and I'm a potty mouth myself. So you imagine what I have to go through to do this radio show. <laughs> All right, you're on the radio. Hopefully, we'll get one more in. Hello. Hi. Hello. Go ahead. Hello, Paul. Yes. Chris Flash, how you doing, man? Oh, Flash, how you doing, man? Great. We only hey, got a couple I- minutes. I'm glad to hear from you. Chris Flash, who puts on these wonderful events in Tompkins Square Park, uh, musical events, and other puts out the Shadow newspaper. We're going to have a meeting about that coming up. What's up? Question or comment? Um, well, I just love that you're doing the show the way you're doing it. I love that you're taking uh, public input. Um, you were just talking about the hearings in D.C. on, Janu- on the January 6th event. And, you know, I keep laughing and, and just like, like, like scratching my head in disbelief that people actually think 
that after the hearings, they're going to get some kind of comeuppance for the people that were res- responsible for whatever happened. And it's just no different than the Warren Commission, the Tower Commission, all the other commissions, all the other Senate hearings, on the Senate Assassination Committee hearings. Nothing's going to come of it. Everyone's deluding themselves to believe that something's going to come of this. Nothing is going to come of it. They're doing it for all show. It's a big circus. And at the end of the day, it's going to be business as usual. They're just doing it for political, whatever you want to call it, the appearance of doing something. And mm-hmm. I think people should really just realize that everyone has a right, whether you agree with their politics or not, to protest or demonstrate or do whatever at the doors of government, whether it's the Capitol building, whether it's the White House. I mean, you. How about the Supreme Court members' homes? Well, not their homes. That's a bit extreme. But, you know, <laughs> where they do business, I think, is justified. You wrote a really yes. good piece um, about the Yippies having a very similar event in the what was it the mid 70s or, or, or late late 70s early 80s and they were physically fighting with the white white house police and you know things are going back and forth there was a real street battle with these cops and right. you know it's if not that the actual today, raiding of the uh government by revolutionary forces as if they're revolutionary or reactionary forces that really matters isn't it right but if that happened today, it would be called a coup attempt, an insurrection. And that was a bunch of yippies just to Well, there's good and there's bad the insurrections government. is what you're saying. Well, what's an insurrection? What's a coup? Well, it, it, a bad a insurrection is if the, if the fascists do it, and a good one is if the forces of progress do it. Right. But <laughs> does everyone have the right to uh, do a redress of grievances regardless of political stripe? You know, I don't know. I think that your average American probably isn't fascist-leaning. I think they're just legitimately fed up with the government, this phony two-party system. Um, I, I call Democrats and Republicrats, you know, two branches of the same ruling class party. That's what I look at it as. And your average American, oh, that's fed up. They're not really politically you know, inclined, but someone like Trump sells them a bunch of false hope. They see him on TV. He becomes their spokesman. They, they foolishly and misguidedly follow this, this piece of you know, CRAP. Can I say crap on the radio? I think I can, right? No, I don't it's not know. one of the seven words, anyway, is it? We got the point. We're coming to the end. I get okay, your point. Okay, I'll let you go, man. But thanks a lot, Chris. Thanks Blanche. for being there. The thanks point. for doing what you're doing, you guys. And, oh, by the way, please play more old-time radio shows. I forget the man's name with you right now, but he played Max this wonderful Mead. old-time radio. There you go, plug. You got a plug, Max. Coming up in an hour. Please. Coming up in an hour. Very oh, good. really? Oh, beautiful. Thank you so much, man. You have more people that appreciate than you may realize. All right. Thanks a lot, Chris Flash from the Take Shadow care. newspaper on the Lower East Side. We had a lot of Lower East Side news tonight. All right. Thank you. Well, that's the news. Oh, I've already deleted it for the evening. <laughs> that's okay, then. We don't have to. Well, thanks so much for joining us and for uh, participating, all the people who called in and listened to the WBAI News. Thanks again for joining us. I'm Paul Durienzo. As I said earlier, we are uh, produced with Linda Perry, and our Max Schmid was our engineer today. You can go to the archives to listen or come over to my website, pauldurienzo, D-E-R-I-E-N-Z-O.com, uh, where I eventually get around to placing these shows as they uh, age out over at the archives. Again, thanks a lot, and I'll see you tomorrow night at 6 on the news.